Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Recorded live. Good morning and welcome to Mrs. Cardiology Show, broadcasting from sunny Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. It's a gorgeous day today. Well, actually, it's a little cloudy, but but the sun's up. That's the important thing. And uh, we're we're going to have a very great day today. So, um, and we're going to have a great day broadcasting uh, for you from Mrs. Cardiology, uh, Sandita Pandit has learned from her husband and her experience and her fireside chats with him all about things that are the tips, that are the perils of the heart that will help you avoid them. And uh, she is here to put this in plain, closed language that will help you on a daily basis because uh, after taking care of her father who had congestive heart failure and also taking care of an adult uh, handicapped son, she... She has been there, done there, done that, got the T-shirt, took the picture. So here she is to talk to you today about uh, lacto-fermentation and the effects it has on you having a beautiful gut and beautiful health. And welcome, here she is, Sunita Candid. Thank you very much, Joanne Quinn-Smith, a.k.a. the Techno Granny. Um, I appreciate your introduction every time. You make me feel important. And you are important. <laughs> well, you. I'm trying to fill that wide gap of information that patients face on a daily basis when their doctor is uh, tight on time because they're overworked with um, the demands of their work, which is simply that you know they're trying to take care of very sick patients and questions that are very important to the individual patient sometimes just don't get addressed because there's not enough time. So we tried to fill bridge the gap here. And um, we have been working with um, the topic of sometimes I want to call it stinky food because sometimes that's how fermented food smells if you don't do it right. (laughs) Yes, if it's stinky, you shouldn't eat it. That's a a test. Anything stinky, anything smells off kilter, just do not eat it. Don't even try to save it. It is not going to be a good show. And then there's always those that are, don't smell bad, and you eat it, and you're like, what the heck? It's just that start of that turnover that happens, and that's enough to give your gut the wrong kind of bacteria, and you end up with Montezuma's Revenge, or as my father used to call the Pennsylvania Quick Step. And, it, you know, the, then you end up at the doctor, and, and the good guys give you the mama's recipe for back to health, which is, you know, re, replenish your good bacteria, and then the the educated doctors also will try to give you a pill, which I try to run away from. Um, but and your husband, by her. the way, too. I just had an appointment with him, and he said, "No medication. Less medication, the better." Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, <laughs> well, you know, good. no medication. You know, we might as well we might as well make that little announcement now, since we're on the top topic here. Um, my husband has decided to put me in charge of adding. Nutritional and preventative cardiology in the practice. 
So wow. we're, we've got we've got more work to do now. <laughs> it's just not the traditional medicine. That's anymore. exciting. I thought the Santosh Panda in North Hills of Pittsburgh. Yep. By the way. So we'll be covering that topic on a on a later date. And the other thing that I realized that we haven't touched upon yet in all the stuff we've talked about so far, Joanne, is chutney. Oh yeah. So well, we you know, do you know why it struck me that it's being very important for us to no, get on the you know, topic? The Indians make chutney. You know, the Italians make chutney too. I'm sure that every. I'm pretty sure every culture has it. <laughs> yeah. It's something really strong that you use. It's a condiment. It's not a vegetable side dish or anything. It's a condiment. Although some versions of it that my mom makes, my brothers eat like it's a vegetable. They don't think it's a condiment. Oh, exactly. But we should talk first about what lacto fermentation is. That's a good idea. Okay. That's a fancy word for what? You take that one. Well, lacto-fermentation is just uh, what traditional people, you know, uh, the old-timers, uh, used to remove their food long before there were ways to chill the food or use artificial preservatives or can it with high heat. So there was a time when just a little liquid whey or salt was added to the food to preserve the food via lactic acid, which adds lots more vitamin and nutrient content to the food, as well as wonderful probiotics. This is a key word here, probiotics that will allow your good gut bacteria to flourish, as Nita was talking about. Um, that's all lactic fermentation needs, salt, water, and jars, plus an aerobic environment that is absent of air, which allows a good bacteria to flourish. And um, when we, I think somewhere along the line we talked about good bacteria, bad bacteria. Doc, uh, Doc Gawain talked about that, I'm sure. Um, and uh, this fermentation method is amazing. It destroys the bad bacteria. And in many cases, when you're using sugar, um, it actually eats the sugar up and turns it into probiotics. So, I mean, that's, that's my layperson's way of talking about it. And... Um, you know, the lactobacillus is is a good friend, and that's where you know uh, yeasts come in uh, that allow that the good yeast that allows good bacteria to flourish. So that's all about what lacto fermentation is. It's a process of um, creating a food that is well preserved that actually has um, good bacteria or probiotics in it, which are great for your gut. Yeah, I love that name, probiotics. So we've got a because we've, we're so familiar with the word antibiotic, mm-hmm. and we're so used to saying, "Oh, I'm sick, I need an antibiotic." And it's like, "Well, wait a minute, we need to educate the public. You don't want an antibiotic every time you get sick, because you end up antibiotics are very strong medicine, and if you abuse it, then the bacteria in your belly gets used to it, uh, bacteria in your whole system gets used to it, and when the bad stuff comes around." It's usually stronger than before. The last time you got some bad stuff and the, the antibiotic doesn't work on it. I mean, it, it's, a, it's a vicious cycle with it. So take to heart when you hear in the public and in the, in the uh, news that overuse of antibiotics is causing problems. Yeah, it is. The whole world of biotics means that there's bacteria in our system that's good and bad, and we have to keep it in balance. It doesn't mean we reach for an antibiotic. It means that we still look at what are we doing in ourselves in terms of what we're eating to balance it out. Because even um, with antibiotics, there's 
uh, a problem with it leaking out of your belly and causing a problem with the rest of the body, which is something that we'll be getting into later. But today we're going to talk about how to, um, what, what are some of the benefits and we're talking about how to make kombucha, kom, I don't know, kombucha right? Yeah, let's talk about the benefits. That's the thing because people won't, you know, people aren't going to figure out how if they don't know why. Why, exactly. And kombucha I discovered at Whole Foods recently. Oh, did you find it there? I I really didn't know anything about it, and I saw it, and it was on sale two for $4, and it's normally like almost $5 a bottle. It's just the kombucha that's made by a, a, a company, a family company. And uh, so I, I tried a ginger one and a bilberry one. I fell in love with it. Um, I, it's strong, a strong taste. So I couldn't drink a whole bottle. I drank uh, one bottle over a period of three days. But I'll tell you something. It, it, it flushed out my system, and uh, uh, my joints felt better. I, it's just uh, kind of amazing. Um, and and this is um, kind of a this is what I was talking about. This kombucha mushroom acts on sugar and tea to produce not only acetic and lactic acid, but also small amounts of potent detoxifying substances. So kombuchas are pretty... And kombucha bars, we talked about this before, are springing up all over the country. Yeah, that's, that, remember we talked about possibly making a visit to a kombucha bar? Yeah, we should do that. There's one down in the Strip District in Pittsburgh. But we should talk about what it does for you. You should talk about what does what kombucha does for you. Absolutely. It... um. It's acts like let me see here acts on sugar and tea to produce that's what you mentioned are not only acetic and lactic acid but also small amounts of potent detoxifying substance gluco glucuronic acid. I wasn't gonna try it this morning. <laughs> Normally, my, my this, tongue's not awake yet. Mm. Well, we'd like to find challenges for our tongues in the morning. Uh, normally, this organic acid is produced by the liver in sufficient quantities to neutralize toxins in the body. But when liver function becomes overloaded, when the body must deal with the superabundance of toxins from the environment, and certainly in the case with most of us today, additional glucuronic acid taken in from the form of kombucha is said to be powerful aid to the body's natural cleansing process a boost to the immune system, and a proven prophylactic against cancer and other degenerative diseases. How about that? It comes back to, the again, what kind of environment are you living in? Not only the air you breathe is important, but what kind of food are you eating? Because all of that has to be processed and filtered by your kidney and your liver. And what are you offering your body to to, um, process becomes the question. It does, the kombucha aids in digestion and helps to heal the gut. It alkalizes the body, which means that it's, that's talking about your pH balance. You've heard. By the uh, way, cancer can survive an an alkaline state in your body, by the way. Wait, say that again, cancer? Cancer cannot survive. And uh, so many people are affected by this. Cancer can survive when your body is in an alkaline state. So the, okay, the better you balance your body being, with your al- a lot of research being done there right now. Yeah, with the alkalinity is that a right is that a word? Alkalinity? I, yeah, I don't alkal- know. Okay. It's it's not even nine o'clock on a Sunday morning. 
<laughs> it's good for your body. Go Google the research on it because we're not experts. We're not health experts. We, we know how to dig up information. But that's what we've been finding, and you need to do your own research on that. To this is the appetizer, the main course you've got to get on your own. Yes. Ladies and gentlemen, we're yes. just trying to get you to think about this stuff. Now, it's also excellent for your joints because I know that there's research going on that tells us that bacteria, bad bacteria is causing arthritis. It's great for your immune system. We know the bad bacteria causes problems in our health, you know, overall just getting sick. And it can normalize your weight, and it's that's probably related to the digestion effects and ease of elimination. You know Remember what, what we've said here before, right, Joanne? Input equals output, and you're much you're going to feel much better. Yeah, it can also help heal your skin. And, you know, I'm reading a book right now. It's just a little bit off the subject. Um, it's Edgar Cayce's Remedies. If you know anything about Ken, Edgar Cayce, he was considered he uh, he was a transcendental. They called him the prophet, but he was a he went into transcendental meditation and left many, many wonderful cures, um, natural cures. And, uh, and sometimes he would recommend surgery, but you know he he was he, he floated between the natural and the and uh, the traditional medicine. You know, um, but one there's there are four ways of uh, de- of eliminating from the body. You know, uh, there's uh, there's uh, the skin, there's the intestines, there's the kidneys. There's the liver. Kombucha helps all those work better. It's amazing how people don't understand that when they're detoxing, one of the first ways they detox is through the skin. And so they think that the remedy is causing a rash, and it's not. It's causing you to detox. Sure. Something people just don't are not taught anymore. So we can talk yeah. about how to make kombucha at home. Oh, boy. Mm-mm-mm. I don't know about this. I have to. I have, since you said you couldn't handle a whole bottle of it, I'm like, oh, this must be really strong stuff. Well, somebody the, else might be able to. Yeah, oh, absolutely. But what I'm saying is that let's look at the ingredients and understand what's in it. That usually helps you down a lot of stuff when you know what's in it. So if you want to making, if you want to make a whole gallon of it, five organic black tea bags, one cup of organic white sugar. And then we always talk about no sugar, but listen listen why it's okay. It's eaten by the bacteria, and very little sugar will be present after fermentation. Four cups of filtered water, two and a half quarts cold or room temperature filtered water, and one cup starter liquid, which is already brewed kombucha, and one, what's a scoby? Scoby, that's, that's the starter. You know like how like yogurt has a starter? Mm-hmm. A scoby is a starter. Oh, okay. And uh, by the way, this um, information comes from a wonderful site. Um, so important to mention that. Oh, geez. Okay. It's in. Uh, where did we find that? It's an article called "56 Recipes for uh, uh, for uh, Fermented Foods." And if you Google, it's at the top of the list. So we'll we'll give you a link here. But um, oh here, and then um, you can by the way you can buy this scoby, and this is an affiliate link, but not ours by the way, uh, at kombuchacamp.com and slash kombucha dash mushroom cultures. So kombucha is a mushroom. 
people talk, if, if they've likened it with a drink, that apparently kombucha is a mushroom culture. Neat. Well, now, has I don't know about you, but every Easter, my mother made pickled eggs with beets. I remember seeing those and thinking that's the most weirdest thing ever in the world because we we don't pickle eggs. Oh, they're wonderful. But here here is for those of those who like pickled eggs, and it's interesting that I remember years ago, um, I always loved the ones. I wouldn't eat beets, but I loved the pickled eggs. Hey, and I remember my father used to take me in years ago to the local bars you could take kids in, you know. And, uh, you know, it was just all the local people. And my dad would take me to the local bar and sit me down, and I would get, you know, uh, an orange knee-high soda and a, and a bag of peanuts. My mother would say, don't give her any junk. Well, they would have these pickled eggs, which I loved. And sometimes if he was had a good week at work and he worked some overtime, he'd buy me a pickled egg. Well, I remember one time going in and they had white pickled eggs. And my dad said, you want a pickled egg? And the guy said, oh, I want all the beet ones, but I have these other ones. And they were white. And I, until I saw this recipe, I had forgotten that sometimes pickled eggs are white because they don't we use beets in them. Right. It depends on what you're pickling it in. And this comes from natural, and we want you to go to these websites and get more, and and get more recipes and get more ideas. So this one is from naturalfamilytoday.com. This pickled eggs recipe, and it's pretty simple. You just boil your eggs. Quite honest with you, I don't know if I could ever eat a pickled egg because it just to me, I just can see my mouth puckering up. But in a pinch. If that's what's going to save my gut, I'll do it, okay? But listen, listen what's going to It's got hard-boiled eggs, distilled or tap water, kosher salt, garlic cloves. How, how could that Yum. be? Yum. Dill weed, yes. Dill weed. How bad could that be? And you and you make it in a half-gallon mason jar. Wait a minute. That's how you pickle these eggs? Yes. No vinegar? Not with this one, not this recipe. Now, I use vinegar when I make my beet pickled eggs. Vinegar and cloves. Yeah, see, for me, when you when I think of pickling something, I think of, wait, what is that stuff called? Why can't I? I yeah, can't I speak. myself would add a little vinegar to this recipe. Sauerkraut is what I think of when I think of pickling. Yep. Mm-hmm. And the first time I ever tasted sauerkraut as a kid growing up in Indiana, PA, I looked at my mother like, what the heck? And she just looked at me like, don't throw it out of your mouth. Do not be impolite. <laughs> Oh, yeah. Whoa. But that's, you know, that's what people have grown up with in western Pennsylvania is is sauerkraut. How can you have New Year's Eve without it, right? I know. This is so easy. Just put two to three cloves of garlic and a few sprigs of dill at the bottom of a mason jar. Pack your eggs into the jar. Don't stuff them. I mean, don't break them or anything to keep them whole. And add more dill and garlic in layers. In a pitcher or Pyrex measuring bowl, glass, the glass, yeah, glass bowl. Uh, mix one tablespoon, one teaspoon kosher salt into two cups of water. Then pour this salt brine into your jar. Repeat the last two steps until the brine covers the eggs. Make sure to leave about one inch of headspace at the top of the jar to allow for gases to be released. Put a seal on the top of the jar, screw it on tightly, but not too tight. Now remember that that, that part about leaving some space at the top of the jar, better leave two inches. 
I, my mother mm. would ha- had sometimes when she would ferment stuff had jars explode on her. So leave two. Oh inches. my, yeah, two inches probably is better. So you put it on tight, but not too tight. You know, you don't want that explosion ex- experience to happen. Then you set the jars in a cool, dark place for about three days. Check out, check after three days for signs of bubbling. And ferment it to taste, meaning if you can, ha- if you like the lighter version, then you're done after three days, and yeah, that's fine. If you like it stronger, you let it sit there for a little bit longer. Now, uh-huh. eggs do not bubble as much as raw veggies do because they are already cooked. If you see what ha- appears to be bubbles on the surface of the eggs, you have fermentation. You can add whey to help speed up the process. And whey, by the way, everybody, is the liquid that you see when you break open a a, a a can of, um, I mean, a container of yogurt, plain yogurt, not flavored, but plain yogurt. And as soon as you break the the yogurt with a spoon to to scoop it out, you will see water forming along the edges. That is whey. The non-solid form form format, uh, the non-solid part of yogurt. Never did that. And. Um, See this, so you can add whey to the process to, to to speed up the process, but it all depends on your taste. Some people like the taste of whey, some people don't. We grew up with, on milk products, so we're fine with whey. People are often concerned with fermentation and the risk of spoiled food. If you make sure you clean your jars well, keep an eye out for bad produce food. You, you always smell before you eat, you'll be fine. Your fermented food should smell a little sour. And it's been said that any spoiling will make the jar smell so bad you'd be crazy to try to eat it. Now, the in, you know, one of the things here is um, that you we had something at your house at lunch that your mother-in-law made, and that would have been a fermented food, right? That pickling. Oh yeah, like yeah. I was going to mention stuff. that at the end. So, so you do a lot of that, right? Well, traditionally, Indian pickles are not in in vinegar; they're in salt and oil. So you you take the, the whatever it is that you want to pickle, whether it's a vegetable or a, a lot of times my mother-in-law do carrots, she'll do cauliflower, she'll even put peas in there sometimes. Um, but the, the fresh vegetable pickling that we do involves that with spices and salt, extra salt, because it does taste salty. It's a condiment. It's not something you eat like a vegetable. The thing you got to think about fermented, if you're on a low-salt diet, there is salt in fermented food. So you got to yeah, be there careful is. how much would you eat. And then you um, you heat oil to almost boiling, and then you let it cool, and then you put it on on in the uh, in the on top of the vegetables. So you end up with this jar full of vegetables with oil and spices and salt, and then you stir it before you serve it because all the oil will sit at the top. But it yeah, is a really yeah. That's how my really, mom used to make pickled eggplant. This is a really good way to flavor your food without getting so much oil and salt into everything. It's like getting salad dressing on the side, wouldn't you say? Oh, yeah. It was very good. And I'm not really fond of, because it was hot, she had some chilies in there. So I'm not real fond of, of, of hot. Well, then, do you remember Tamar ate so many of the chilies? I was looking at her like, I almost said to my mother-in-law, now why would you get that out? <laughs> She's like, but Tamar wanted to try it. I said, that's from my garden. I, 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 I save it. I hoard it. It's right from my fresh garden right in the back. I'm more than happy to share with you, but you can't have the whole jar. Because <laughs> she was eating it like there was no tomorrow, and I'm like, boy, you got a tongue that can handle the heat. I know. Well, that's how I used to be with wasabi, but I can't eat the red stuff with heat. I can eat wasabi, 
till the cows come home. Lots of it. I've had I've had uh, Japanese people tell me they never saw uh, Genshai eat so much wasabi. Mm. It's probably how I that's probably how I got acid reflux from eating all that wasabi with with um, with um, you know. Well, wasabi, I think wasabi is an acquired taste. You either grow up with it or you learn to eat it as an adult. Oh, I love wasabi. So now, wasabi, one one, one thing to note, Joanne, that was interesting is that there's a lot of canning books and publications from the government that, quote-unquote, use scare tactics to keep people from trying to ferment foods. But I think if you use the rule of thumb that if it doesn't smell good, don't eat it. It's going to smell a little sour. You. It's going to smell a little sour. Okay. It's going to okay. smell a little sour, but I don't think it's But if it expensive. smells really, really bad, it smells like rotten eggs, they're rotten. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> That's a simple way of putting it. Very good, Joanne. Now I would really like to uh, emphasize that this is a natural process, fermentation. It's more natural than pasteurization or pressure canning because we've been fermenting before we got these pasteurization and, and canning techniques available to us. So, let's talk about water kefir. What's water kefir? Um, water kefir is made from grains, and uh, you need you have to get kefir grains, kefir, kefir, I don't know, um, or uh, tibicos. Now that's a scoby, okay? That's the starter. The scoby is what you start things with. It's like the thing that you start when you're culture, you start the yogurt with a scoby. Um, it's a symbiotic colony of bacteria and yeast. So you need a SCOBY to make water kefir. And the yeah. grains will grow and reproduce, and you'll have new grains to give friends so that they, in turn, can begin culturing water kefir at home. So, you know, water kefir should not be made with milk kefir grains. Remember that. Different composition of beneficial bacteria. They rely on milk to grow and reproduce. So you got to be. You really have to do a little bit of homework. You really have to understand what you're doing before you start attempting with kefir. Yeah, yeah. Please, 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 please do that. But you know, um, some people prefer plain organic cane sugar in making water kefir. Others like a cleaner test uh, drink. So they'll use things like unrefined cane sugar, like jaggery. Mm-hmm. You, you're familiar with jaggery, right? Yes, it's that brown. It's it's the father of sugar, yeah. <laughs> as I call it, in in the processing uh, steps. Well, your mother told me that's all they ever used was jaggery. I didn't. Yeah, I didn't when, know when you take sugar cane and you get the juice out and you start cooking the juice down to create sugar, the first stage of it it turns totally brown, and it's a golden brown, and it has a slightly nutty flavor to it. And people consume it at that level, and that is probably the best stage of sugar to consume it because all the good stuff that you need from sugar, all the the vitamins or minerals, whatever's in there, which I haven't researched yet, I got to do that. We'll, we'll have to do a show on sugar. We need um, to do a show on jaggery because jaggery is supposed to be one of the best sugars that you can eat. So. Right, and then it's after that that they start to filter it to get rid of the brown color. And even then, you have an, uh, a, a really good brown sugar, but then people like the white, so they take that. Remember that what, they, what what dietitians and nutritionists don't want you to eat is processed sugar. 
jaggery is not processed. It's the first resource of cane sugar jaggery, of cane. Yep. So, uh, hey, did you know we have a resource of uh, organic jaggery now? In my dad's home village, Joanne, they're making organic sugar in my dad's home village. Oh, my. They're after me to bring it here, and I'm like, I miss this cardiology. I'm not a vendor. <laughs> I'm not a retailer. But we'll have to look into that. Maybe, maybe Kelly can help us with that. But anyway, um, getting back to kefir. It's pretty easy. All you need are mason jars, uh, a loose-fitting lid or cheesecloth. And some people use flip-top bottles. Now, I can't tell you about these flip-top bottles. My mother used to make homemade root beer. And root beer... Homemade root beer? Homemade root beer. Oh, and root boy. beer is a fermented drink, believe it or not. Okay? I believe it. Maybe that's why I couldn't handle it. There, All my friends would be drinking root beer, and I'd be like, ooh. And it's too strong So my mother made all... Her, my brother and my uncle made all this root beer. One night, and apparently they put it in the bottles. They had it in these vats, the clay vats. Apparently they put it in the bottles too soon because one night when he goes, boom, 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 boom. <laughs> and my dad was up like a shot with his baseball bat. He thought somebody was shooting or something was going on. And and he and he, he goes, boom, 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 woke the whole house up. My dad goes downstairs in the basement, and there's there's all over the basement is root beer where the bottles exploded one after another because it had it finished fermenting in the vat. Oh, and they put it in the my. bottles too soon. Yeah, we, it was like World War II. It was like being, it was like being in a battle zone. It was so funny. I have a feeling that house smells of root beer for a little bit. My mother laughed. My mother had laughed about that for all that long because she was a pretty good canter and stuff, but they just they got it wrong. She and she told she had told my my uncle he was a lot younger than her, and she said, "You know, Ralph, you're you're putting this in the you're putting this in the in, in the bottles too soon. No, nah, no, nah, it's okay." Because he was going off to work in Detroit or something. He ended up coming back after about three weeks, but he wanted to get it done before he left. And uh, then it all exploded in the basement. <laughs> all that effort. He called all that phone. effort for a few months of a, he, for he a few called, moments. Called, well, that was our winter supply of root beer, you know. <laughs> oh, boy. That must have been terrible to have to buy root beer. You could have oh, yeah, me. yeah, yeah. So uh, Also, they're saying that water kefir grains should be kept only for culturing water kefir. Yeah, once you get the culture, then you use it. You use it the next time. Yep. So I don't know. For initial fermentations, you use the water kefir grains. You have to buy them online probably, or maybe you have a health It's better if you buy starter from a reliable source because to try to make it yourself is another science and art in itself. Yeah, Exactly. And uh, but this is looking for uh, uh, only a quarter cup organic cane sugar, um, two dried unsulfured figs, a lemon cut in half, um, and uh, they uh, advise you to use a thing called concentrates, which you can also buy online. And if you want secondary fermentation, you get a half a cup of fruit juice or, or two tablespoons of organic cane sugar. Right. Now, you have to make sure people understand that the, when you talked about the figs, you remember they they mentioned unsulfured? Yes. Unsulfured means that they're just figs and they haven't been, 
that there's no sulfur added to it to preserve the color. And Same thing that with, that's what, with, bat, with, with bat, backstrap molasses, you're going to make sure that you get unsulfured molasses if you're going to buy molasses. Right. Did you know that they use sulfur on raisins to keep them from turning color? I didn't know that until I went searching for organic raisins. Looks to me like this is going to take you about a half an hour to make. You boil the water, put the grains in a two-quart jar, pour in a sugar water, and drop the figs and lemon, add your concentrates, that add your vitamins. And you just wait until the kefir uh, collides a favor that uh, that suits you. And you strain it through non-reactive plastic wood or stainless steel strainer into a pitcher. Discard all the spent lemon and figs. But reserve the water kefir grains. They can be recultured. But we're going to suggest that you just go online and buy the culture. Get, get, get fresh culture. Don't don't let because it doesn't only last for up to one week. And you know that seventh day is kind of questionable. Yes, I think. So, I mean, again, this this recipe comes from nourishedkitchen.com, and you go under water kefir. And uh, so there, um, we're trying to give you some resources where you can go and find this stuff. You know, we're not experts at any of this. But I like the hot fermented habanero hot sauce. That should be up right You've had that before? The fermented hot sauce? My brother makes it. Oh, my my brother makes a habanero hot sauce. You will throw stones at any other hot sauce. I had a, my friend is half Mexican and half Spanish, and he came by and got this hot sauce my brother had made, and, he, and it's been in the refrigerator for about six months. You know, it stays forever. And he put it like on his food like he would put it on on uh, regular hot sauce on, and he had tears in his eyes. Oh, He's yeah. He's used to eating this stuff. Now, habaneros are one of the worst in heat, and jalapenos are pretty hot in, in themselves. So my brother makes his own fermented habanero sauce. Mm, mm, and one mm, of the, mm. I, I think the reason he started making it was because he read that book, um, Forks Over Knives. The book Forks Over Knives. I don't uh-huh. know if you know about that. We should maybe talk about that sometime. Absolutely. We keep on running into more and more stuff we need to talk about. Hey, did you know that? Um, would you say that yogurt is is a cultured or a fermented food? Uh, well, cultured and fermented are pretty much the same thing. See, I got you to answer a question, so now our people are educated. And as a rule of thumb, with yogurt, which is something... To make a fermented food, food, you have to start with the culture, right? Right, right. Okay. So if you look at yogurt, uh, a staple in many people's diets, which is better, flavored or unflavored? Oh, come on. Are you serious? I'm serious. Anybody who's a true yogurt aficionado would never eat flavored yogurt. And why is that? Because the sugar content. Ta-da! We keep on coming back to the same problem that people are not now, accepting. Now, I like the one commercial where the yogurt guy takes the fruit, fruit and adds it into his yogurt, right? Mm-hmm. That's really the way to do it. Take yeah. the fresh fruit, fresh organic fruit, add it to your yogurt. But his brother makes fun of him because they already have the yogurt with the fruit in it. Check your sugar label. Yeah. Okay. 
Now, if you if you like it, if you don't like the taste, now a good yogurt tastes pretty good to me. A good one, mm-hmm. non-fat. I usually get the non-fat Greek. I don't know, sometimes I get the Indian yogurt. Um, if I happen to be near an Indian store, um, but the, the the yogurt, a good yogurt tastes good without putting anything in it. But if you're one of those people that likes a little something, then you take your blueberries or your organic strawberries or your organic raspberries or peaches or whatever it is and mix it in. But don't buy the flavored stuff. It's more money, so and you're and you're wasting your dollars on sugar that you shouldn't be putting your body in your body anyway. Guess what my husband likes to eat? Mm. Mr. Cardiology eats yogurt made at home. And we are to add a touch of half and half to the milk to make sure it gets full body. Are you still in your chair, Joy? No. Well, you can't tell that to people. (laughs) Oh, come on. You know what my husband says. Everything in moderation. How much yogurt does he eat a day? Maybe a tablespoon or two? He doesn't need a whole container of it either. Well, your mother-in-law kind of discovered that by accident, didn't she? She didn't have my enough. mother. Your mother. She was she was trying to make yogurt in one of those yogurt makers. You know those containers that sit inside that special uh, holder that warms up the yogurt to ha- speed up from you know to keep the fermentation happening correctly. So one day she ran out of regular milk, which she was using, and she had skim milk, and she knew that that would turn out to be kind of eh, iffy. So she decided to splurge and try to balance it out, she figured, right? You know how housewives are in the kitchen. you got to balance things and well, just make it happen. So she put some half and half in it, thinking, ah, it's the same as using regular. A little skim milk and a little half and half together if you got regular milk. Okay. So he's at dinner and he's eating this stuff. He goes, well, Mom, you really did a great job. What did you do to this? And she's looking at me and she goes, oh, nothing. It's just every No, 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 Mom, this is different. This tastes really good. So she she whispered what she did, and I was like, oh, no wonder. And he goes, what? She said, I said, Mom's math is pretty good. Half skim milk and half, half, and half. And his eyes got really big as, really? Oh, I guess I can only eat half of this then. Oh, that's funny. <laughs> so well, the rest, his, the rest his, his mother from... did it His mother did it again. His mother did it now. Oh, so there's God. this new filtered milk brand come that's become available at Giant Eagle, and they had it on sale. And... I thought I could find was the the zero fat, and you know that's not the best thing for you to eat something zero fat. So she's taking it, and putting in half and half in it. I'm like, okay, let's see what Mr. Taster says about this one. So it's getting it's fermenting today, but uh, yogurt people should not eat be eaten with flavored added by anybody but you. You control the flavoring, and it's fresh ingredients. And you know I don't understand eating yogurt with fruits sitting in there forever. You know it. Like, like, you know, I become since I'm off sugar, I become very deaf. My nephew said the other day, "You're getting to, to be quite the no sugar chef, Angela." Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I make a fruit tart that uh, has no sugar in it beside the fruit, um, and then I realized that I could make oat flour in my NutriBullet instead of spending ten dollars a pound for it. I just take organic oatmeal and throw it at my NutriBullet and turn it into flour. Mm-hmm. The only thing you have to be aware of if you're going to do that is you, you, uh, you. Uh, it takes less time to cook. Oat flour takes less time to cook. Right. Now you have you have this wonderful tart that's made with oat flour. And I asked my nephew. I said, "Hi." He said, "Oh yeah." He said, "That's really good. Make it like that all the time." <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. 
I, so, it's really not hard to cook without sugar if you pay attention. And it's not hard to cook without salt if you pay attention. Exactly, and, exactly. And I, my, my, my kids know. Uh, they, I, my mother-in-law one time said to me, "You don't know where the salt shaker is." And her handyman looked at her and said, "Well, you do, so don't worry about it." <laughs> <laughs> you know where the salt shaker is. So this habanero. For a minute, habanero recipe, you can go to homemademommy.net. Now, there's hundreds of sites out there, but in investigation, these are ones that we found that seem pretty reliable. They've been around a while. They're not, they're right. not just fly-by-night startups here. So you can go to homemademommy.net. So we're not trying to steal anybody's recipes. We're trying to get you to go there and use them as resources. Exactly. And eventually, when Joanne and I find some time, we'll go. we'll create a book with all sorts of recipes and stuff in it that we we are our favorites. And we'll probably do some Mrs. Cardiology videos where where we actually cook some of this stuff. We actually Absolutely. make some of this stuff. So. Absolutely. So those are some good resources for you. And you want to talk about uh, our sponsor for today? Yes. It is part of our new nutritional and preventative care healthcare uh a main a main ingredient in that whole program is the biophotonic scanner where this uh, device that looks like it belongs on Star Trek in 30 seconds gives us feedback on how well your lifestyle is working for you. We give you your inflammation score, as my husband says. It literally is that we're measuring your antioxidant levels in your body. And the NIH has stated in black and white that if you get your antioxidant levels in your body to be sky high, then you will not need a doctor in your life. Now, that doesn't mean that you'll never see a doctor, but it means that the number of times you'll need a doctor goes down dramatically because you're going to be healthy. So we love to have people come in and are mentioning Mrs. Cardiology. Our charge goes from 50 to 20 because we are encouraging awareness. You want people to become aware of what's going on so that you can manage the cost of healthcare yourself. Don't depend on the rest of the world to do it for you. And the first step of that hap starts when you become aware of what your own body status is. Don't depend on everybody else in the world to take care of you when you're the one living in your body. And all you have to do is call us at 412-367-9104 and let, let my ladies know that you would like to come in for a scan. And they will be more than happy to set you up with an appointment with Mrs. Cardiology. And uh, if you are not living in Pittsburgh and you wish to find out more as to where something is available in your neighborhood, again, get a hold of me at mrscardiology at gmail.com, and I will be more than happy to help you out. Can I give a little update on my on my uh, uh, weight management odyssey? Absolutely. So um, I went. I've been lining up my clothing. You know, I have this huge room. I have a lot of clothes. I have this huge room. It's like a small room, and it's all clothes. And I've lined up the clothes because there are things that are a little questionable that are kind of loose, and I want one more last hurrah. Well, this morning I took out an outfit that last week I said to myself when I lined up the clothing, I'll wear this one more time. Uh, it was a skirt, and I had to find another skirt because uh, it literally was falling off. <laughs> so I, I have... Uh, I have. It's kind of funny, actually. So I have officially lost and kept off uh, 68 pounds. Holy crap! 
and that is eliminating sugar from my diet, uh, eating, I don't eat processed foods, um, I, I, I cook all fresh, uh, I've increased my vegetables, and I've increased, and I try to keep my protein up, and I, I, I use that, um, actually, I'll be, I mean, I'm going to tell you, uh, you know, we don't, we're not going to make any money on this, but uh, I use uh, a rice and pea protein that's put out by Nuskin. And um, it um, can be available on your uh, on uh, the Mrs. Cardiology website. And uh, there's also a TR90 program because the idea is to increase protein in your body. So I am now officially, my son is 30, son is 33, my younger son. I'm officially at the weight that I was when I got pregnant with him. Congratulations. He's 33 years old. You're becoming light as a feather. Oh, I got a long way to go. I become light as a feather. I said you're becoming light as a feather. Yeah, I got I got a little way to go. Yes. Hey, <laughs> by the way, Joanne, did you know that TR90 from New Skin is listed in the physician's desk reference? Mm-hmm. Because it's a genetic based program. It's a, so it's we are a we are resetting your genes into your. Family. Well, I started that in September. I ran I ran that exclusively from September until January, and that was how I lost the first thirty five pounds. Almost forward. You've reset your genes. You are a genetically modified organism now. Uh, I'm a GMO. <laughs> 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 okay. Well, uh, uh, that's the end of today's show. We'll have some more information for you next week. Um, today's show is copyrighted to Sunita Pandit, uh, DBA, Mrs. Cardiology, All Rights Research. Thank you for listening. Thank you. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.